Kansas City Royals have already sold off Andrew Benatendi. What does the rest of trade deadline week look like for the Kansas City Royals? Plus, the Royals have had a fantastic month of July, and since the All-Star break, they were able to win a series. We'll talk about the start of the pseudo second half on today's Lockdown Royals podcast, Lockdown Podcast Network your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. Email the show, LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball very exciting time. You can subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode of Locked On Royals on YouTube or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Make sure you check it out there as well. Leave us a comment and review as well. Uh, exciting time. You have the baseball trade deadline, which we have you covered wall to wall on ML, Locked On MLB and on Locked On MLB Prospects and on all of the other team shows. Also, football season's ramping up, so we have Locked On Chiefs kicking it back to five shows a week and delivering you the training camp content that you need regarding your Kansas City Chiefs as they look for another deep playoff run. And, of course, we're going to wrap up this baseball season after the All-Star break, and I think that it's fair to say that even though it's not mathematically correct, everyone sort of uses the All-Star break as a barometer of, you know, or a designation of first half, uh, first last half of the season, even though, again, that's not technically uh, mathematically correct. So a lot to get into today, a lot to discuss. Uh, obviously, Andrew Benatendi is the biggest sticking point around Kansas City right now. He's been moved to the Yankees, and the perception's largely been very good with that move and very um, confident in that move. I think that it's a trade that's a win-win for both sides. I really believe that Benatendi can help um, the Yankees in a big way. And I believe that the pitching prospects Kansas City got back are you know, good enough to give you confidence that at least one of them will pan out in a massive role, whether that is a mid-rotation arm or a high leverage reliever, at least one of the three I think will pan out. I feel pretty confident in that. So I think that it's just kind of, kind of a, a good win-win scenario for the for both clubs. Uh, and, the, and the reaction's been pretty positive. This has not really been a polarizing trade at all. Um, yes, you know, you didn't get a superstar prospect back, you know, an A-plus blue chip prospect, but you weren't really expecting that from Andrew Benatendi. I think that if you were to grade the trade, you'd give both teams an A um, because the Royals needed to to – handle their business and replenish some pitching prospects and get a new crop of arms in to try to um, 
you know, rekindle the farm system on the pitching side of things. And we're seeing, you know, the Royals end up having um, good performances out of the rotation, out of the bullpen in recent weeks. And, you know, going back to after the all-star break back to last Friday, they played the Rays and started a three game set with them. And although they lost game one, um, seven to three, on Saturday, they held the race to six. Uh, they had the race to three runs, and the Royals scored six. And on Sunday, the Royals held the race to two runs, and a large portion of that has been the young pitchers. Um, on Sunday, whenever the Rays only scored two runs on five hits, it was Chris Bubich who was awesome. Seven innings, four hits, two runs allowed. He had just three walks and four strikeouts with a home run given up. Uh, he's been great. Brady Singer's been really good in his last two starts as well. Uh, you know, speaking of, you know, Brady Singer, he is on the bump tonight and he was on the bump on Saturday. And on Saturday, he went six innings of three hit baseball, one run earned, two runs total and 12 strikeouts. Like he he's being able to generate that swing and miss stuff. I hope that they continue to let him face some adversity, because I think that in a season like this, where record wise and postseason wise, it's all lost, you can still develop players in a really high and impactful way. So I feel like with, with um, Brady Singer, like if he's cruising through six and then the seventh inning gives up a base runner, in my opinion, you should just keep him in and see if he can work through that. And if he can, that's great. That gives him more confidence for his next go out, uh, go at it. That gives him kind of a, a mental callback. If he ever gets in that situation, whenever the team is actually trying to compile wins, Hey, I've been here before I've done this. I've, I've gotten us out of this jam before. And if he doesn't and he falters and, you know, gives up a run in that scenario, oh, that's fine too because, you know, you're not desperately trying to win games. You're, you're trying to develop players. And so you have something on film now. You have something in the memory bank where you can say, why did I get up that run? How can I kind of, how can I kind of, you know, alter the way that I went about this um, opportunity and get it better for next time? So, I think that right now the focus should be on development and the focus should be on putting these guys in some uncomfortable positions that they're going to find themselves in once the team wants to win. So it's been a successful go of it out of the all-star break. I mean, you got a series win against Tampa Bay and then you went uh, and took on the uh, angels and were able to win seven to nothing on Monday. Uh, granted they dropped the next two and were shut out, but um you know, that, that weekend series win carried its way into Monday whenever the Royals pitched a shutout, and it goes back to uh, just the pitching staff as a whole. Uh, this is a, a Zach Grinky game. He goes five innings of uh, no-run baseball, and then it turns into the bullpen where Amir Garrett pitches very well. Um, and, and you even saw Scott Barlow and Josh Stalmont shut the door on, on a massive win, neither one of them giving up a run either, where Scott Barlow was turning in a sub-two ERA still in this season. And then your offense came alive a bit for 11 hits and seven runs, and you had a two-hit game from Whit Merrifield, two-hit game from MJ Melendez, and your young guys are really stepping up. So uh, it's been a nice stretch of baseball, obviously back down a bit on, on Tuesday, Wednesday uh, for uh, two shutouts straight. But um, nonetheless, even Wednesday, you know, on Wednesday, the Royals were shut out and they lost four to nothing, but that pitching was there. I mean, Brad Keller goes and gives up three runs across six innings, in the modern day of baseball, that's a good outing. Uh, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a outing that should not automatically put you in the loss column. Your offense just could not really work out in that game. 
uh, at all, obviously. So we'll talk more about what should happen here post all-star break for this team, especially as moves continue to get made and what the future of the Royals could look like as well. All of that and more is coming up on today's Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. So a lot to get to today. Want to make sure that you're checking out Locked On Chiefs for your NFL coverage, Locked On MLB, Locked On MLB prospects for your trade deadline coverage. And of course, we're here at Locked On Royals every single day talking Royals baseball. Now, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Sport Card Investors, and this is one of my favorite things to do, especially, you know, it's summertime. We've got a little more downtime. Uh, it's very fun to go on this app and just start strolling my way through the app. So you download the Sport Card Investor app from the App Store or Google Play Store. And when you when you hop onto the app, you can type in any player you want from basketball, football, baseball, and what and, you know, hockey, any other sport. And what this is, is a trading card app. And for me personally, I never really got into the trading card scene that skipped the generation. If you, if you kind of look at the popularity of trading cards and baseball cards and things like that, it kind of skipped a generation. That generation it skipped was mine, but now they're kind of back and they're, they're in style. And you see these card openings on YouTube and social media, they get thousands and thousands and thousands of views and uh, interest in it. And, And, you know, it's coming back in style now to where, I missed out on it as a child and I missed out on it back in my youth. So I want to relive that now and rekindle that now, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what makes a card valuable. I don't know you know, what to even look for. I, I wouldn't know a good pull out of a pack if it, you know, slapped me in the face. But now if I go buy a pack of cards, I can take every single card that I pull from that pack, type it into this uh, search engine on this sport card investor app and it'll tell me all I need to know about that, about that card. So let's look at Bobby Witt Jr. Because I think we can all agree here, folks. He is going to be a stud. He's going to be an awesome player, one of the best in baseball. Well, Bowman agrees. If you, if you go right now to purchase a 2020 Bowman Bobby Witt Jr. card, the price of that puppy for PSA 10 is up 34% in the last seven days and 33.7% in the last 30 days. So you're going to be spending spending a pretty penny, and it's going upward um, for that card. You can find Bobby Witt Jr. cards on this app for anywhere between uh, $61, and the highest mark is $1,199. And that is for the Bobby Witt Jr. 2022 Bowman Transcendent Silver Frame RC 68 out of 100, PSA 10, pop one of one. So it's very clear that the marketplace for Bobby Witt Jr. is trending upward. So if you want to invest that $61 and hope he becomes the superstar in face of baseball that we think he can, and then cash in later on, that's a really, really good investment for you. You can, And it'll also tell you who you might not want to invest in. So for example, if we type in Witt Merrifield instead of Bobby Witt, you go to Whitmerfield, and then all of a sudden you see those arrows. Yeah, they're going a different direction, to say the least. Uh, they are trending downward right now uh, for this 2026 Tops Heritage base card. In the last 30 days, it's down minus 4.2%. 
very interesting there for these cards. You can check out the value of your cards or just play around and, and look up players that you like and want to invest in on the app as well. So check it out today at Sport Card Investor. It is where you want to be for everything sport card related. They now have over 630,000 cards in the app. It's not just MLB, every single sport and even Marvel cards. Check them out today uh, at sportcardinvestor.com by using the app on the App Store or Google Play Store or just going to sportcardinvestor.com slash locked on. Make sure you are welcoming yourself into the world of sport cards. Reimagine the Sport Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from hobbies that you love. Available completely for free on the Google Play Store or Apple App Store. The Sport Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. Completely free. You can browse over uh, 630,000 cards of every sport with hundreds more added each week. So check the latest values from the last 7 or 30-day charts. Find the best price and get it directly through the app with the sales feature. So make sure that you check it out today by going and getting yourself a Bobby Witt Jr. card or whoever else you want to pick up and invest in or just keep for your collection. Check it out today. Go to Sport Card Investor app today for free. Google Play Store, Apple Play Store, or sportcardinvestor.com backslash locked on. We are back on the Lockdown Royals podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. Thank you again for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball. The MLB trade deadline is August 2nd, and Lockdown MLB has all the breakdowns. Locked on Royals will have the rapid reaction to any move the Royals make, but subscribe right now to your favorite Locked On team and Locked On MLB on YouTube or wherever else you get your podcast from so you're notified every single time an episode premieres of Locked On Royals or Locked On MLB. And also, as a little peek behind the curtain here, on the trade deadline, not only will you get our rapid reaction to any move our team makes on our YouTube channel, but you're also going to get a live show a live podcast that's right uh, a live stream on youtube during the mlb trade deadline where we're having instant breakdowns and instant analysis and hanging out and waiting on that next jeff passen plaster of tweets of the newest moves and where prospects are what is it called merry-go-rounding around the league that's not what it's called at all but i tried anyway check it out make sure you subscribe locked on will be prospects locked on mlb locked on royals and get ready for the best trade deadline coverage that you can find. And again, thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Now, in the second half of this season, I want to see them put guys in spots to compete, put them in spots to succeed, but put them in spots to deal with adversity as well. For me personally, Guys like MJ Melendez, guys like um, Kyle Isbell, they should be in the lineup every single day, especially after moving on from Benatendi. Like your lineup every day should include MJ, Bobby Witt Jr., Vinny, uh, Nick Prado, Kyle Isbell, 
it should improve all of those guys, include all those guys every single day. And, you know, we'll see with Bobby Witt Jr. coming back on the, uh, you know, coming back from the, the nagging injuries he's dealt with uh, recently and stuff like that. But uh, I want to see these guys play every single day and get prepared um, for next season. And then also with this pitching staff, like I want to see them go through tough spots and, and get through it and have that confidence built for next year as well. Um, honestly, the pitching staff's played uh, or pitched pretty well since going back off the all-star break, all things considered. Um, and I'll see that kind of trend continue, especially for a guy like Brady Singer, who I think has always had frontline starting stuff. It's just been a matter of putting it all together at the right time. And granted, a couple starts does not make a season nor a career, but it's been better than what you would uh, expect from him in these last couple of you know, last couple of starts. So uh, that's kind of what I'm all, all in on with the second half of this year, not mathematically, but post All Star break. Tell me what you think the Royals should be looking for in this kind of second half of the session. Now, at the trade deadline, I'm very interested to see what the Royals are going to do or if Ben Attendee was their only move. I still think they have some pieces they can let go of in, in, on the trade market. Michael A. Taylor comes to mind. Whit Merrifield comes to mind. Uh, if you can find someone who wants Hunter Dozier, I would not be, I would not be sad to see Hunter Dozier get traded. Um, the thing is, you look at the bench that you have compiled right now. Your bench is, you know, Cam Gallagher, Ryan O'Hearn, Emmanuel Rivera, you know, Mike, Michael Garcia. Like, that's your bench right now. It's not really, like, no one's getting blocked by the fact that Michael A. Taylor is sitting in that lineup or the fact that uh, Hunter Dozier is sitting in that lineup. The only player that I think that the Royals should be desperate to move on from is Whit Merrifield. And I'll tell you why on the other side here on the Lockdown Royals podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. We are back on the Lockdown Royals podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. The one player I think that the Royals should desperately move on from, no matter the value, is Whit Merrifield. I think that Whit Merrifield's made it pretty clear that he does not want to be in Kansas City any longer, and that's just not the leadership quality that you thought he was. And he's, you know, he just—that's not the kind of environment you want to be in if you're Kansas City. Whenever you're starting to rebuild and want to shift to these young guys, you don't want them following a guy who doesn't come to work energized, doesn't come to work wanting to play for this organization, doesn't do those things. I mean, the the statement after the whole Toronto issue, like that was very evident, that was very blatant about him not wanting to be in Kansas City. And I think that that's just kind of best to cut your losses at this point. Because honestly... I don't see him ever turning it back around and being a good ball player, especially um, in, an, in, in, a, in a Kansas City organization that he doesn't want to play in. The only hope for him to turn it around, because this the fear is if you're other teams, this bad performance this year could easily be what he is at age 33. Like His, his prime might have came and gone in a flash, and he's just going to be this type of player the rest of the way. 
Um, but the hope is if you're another team training for him, the hope would be, you know, you put him in an organization that's going to try to win championships and going to compete this season. And that re-energizes him and that, and that kind of puts him in a better state of mind and puts him more so, uh, not on edge, but more so just energetic and more so like engaged and thus leads to a better product from him on the, on the field. That's kind of your hope in buying low on uh, Whitman airfield. But I just think it works best for all parties involved for wet, for the fan base, for the team. If wit is dealt in the next week, even though you'd be selling at the lowest point of his value, it just is a, it's, it's at a point where you just got to cut your losses and kind of cut bait with Whitman airfield, in my opinion. But if they carried him into the off season and maybe even carried him into the first half of next season, it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing in the world because you could try to recoup some of that value because you could try to, um, you know, have him play well in the first half, then trade him for a better return. My only worry is does Whit Merrifield believe that the Royals are just bound to be bad? And what I mean by that is, you know, the conversation around Kansas city before this season was they're calling up Bobby Witt Jr. Reinforcements are on the way in the form of MJ Melendez and Nick Prado. Uh, Vinny had a breakout spring training. He was on the way as well. The conversation around Kansas city was they should have been where Baltimore is right now. They should have been two games out, three games out, four games out of a wild card spot. Instead they're buried. And to me, when your leader is what Merrifield and your leader just says, I'm not going to get vaccinated for a bad team, but I would do it for a contending team. Well, back in, you know, April and back in, um, you know, February, whenever these things are getting decided in March, whenever you're deciding if you want to get vaccinated for this upcoming season or not, you were supposed to be buying into the Royals being good and buying into the Royals you know, competing for a planned spot and convincing yourself that, you know, well, if we get the five games out, we might as well get the three games out. If we get the three games out, we might as well just get into the dance. But it felt like just based on those comments that there was never really a buy-in from what Merrifield on that fact and on that goal. And is that the reason why they fell so short of it? It's hard to say that it's hard to go that far, but it certainly didn't help. I don't think considering he is the leader of the majority of the clubhouse. So we'll see. We'll see what the Royals decided to do. I think that it's best for all parties involved, including the player in this case, to move on and to find a trade partner. But we'll see. There's still a few days to go. On tomorrow's show, we'll talk about Benintendi's debut in New York against the Kansas City Royals and what all the Royals have done in the last couple of hours here before the trade deadline. So, Make sure you subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.